Welcome everyone to another edition of the Final Down NFL podcast with myself, Jim, Punk Raider in Denver, Dave. We're here to talk about the NFL. Boys, how are we doing this evening? Are we good? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. You know, it's one of them, isn't it? It's, it's Tuesday. It's recording day. Let's, <laughs> let's get on it. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, excellent. Well, that's the kind of attitude I want to hear there, Punk. Well done. Well, I, I'm, um, I'm still sore from Thursday night. So, I mean, it, the pain's still not left me yet. We will be talking about Thursday night very shortly, Dave. Yeah, but first of all, we've got a little bit of news just to cover through, as, uh, as is our want. Um, first up, big QB news is that Joe Flacco is going to have a job for a few weeks. He's been re-signed by the New York Jets following the injury to Zach Wilson on Sunday. Um, we saw Mike White uh, fill in, but obviously the Jets want to bring Mike in a, an old pair of hands and they're looking at their, their guy from, was it last year? Joe Flacco uh, yep. to come back. And he did all right from last year. Did all right from last year, I thought. Came in, um, did well in difficult circumstances. Uh, then picked up a rookie QB and randomly didn't keep a, an old head there to help guide him. So it seems a bit mm. weird, to be honest. Um, do you want a couple of Joe Flacco facts? I, I love, love Joe Flacco. Um, so <laughs> in a survey by Fanatics in January 2017, he was elected as the most attractive NFL player. There you go. And uh, possibly the best Joe Flacco fact you will ever hear. In 2009, he was a spokesperson for Pizza Hut, in which they sold a product called Flacco's Favourites. Presumably one of them was just a plain cheese. Um, there you go, a couple of Flacco's facts for you. <laughs> I was listening to Denver Local Radio wow. and I came up with that. So I thought I'd share those with you. <laughs> the look mm. on your two faces now, you feel like you've entered the twilight zone. <laughs> Looks into the abyss. I think, I think at that point I'll just log off and, and leave you, Dave, and you can just you know spend an hour talking Flacco facts. I've got loads more if you want. Tons more. Let's let's not let's not. We've got loads of things to get through. Um, a little oh, bit. Of I feel an, I feel a Flacco feature coming on a regular feature. Oh god! A little bit <laughs> of uh, COVID news. Devonte Adams, the biggest name on the in the game, to have gone down with COVID this week, so he's unlikely to be playing uh, this weekend. And then also uh, Matt Nagy, head coach of the Chicago Bears, he has also got COVID. So a bit like yeah, Cliff Kingsbury last week, unlikely to be anywhere near his team. Yeah, apparently Matt Nagy sneezed on Alan Robinson, but like everything else, he failed to catch it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alan Robinson, oh, God. <laughs> if you're watching Alan Robinson recently, you ain't caught a damn thing. I mean, let's be honest, that's not going to hurt the Bears, is it? Not really. No. I mean, he's not calling plays, so all he is is, is a glorified cheerleader, so it's not, not too Monte Adams is an interesting one, because obviously they've got the Thursday night game this week, so... Uh, yeah. Against the Cardinals, yeah, against the Cardinals. That's going to happen. <laughs> that could be a big miss. Uh, let's get on and talk about the week seven games, then, boys. Let's start back on yeah. Thursday night. Dave would love this. Uh, a properly right. banged up Cleveland Browns team played host to the one-time three and Denver Broncos. I do hope that Dave, you enjoyed that week while it was around, because despite no Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, either offensive tackle Jadeveon Clowney or J.C. Tretter, the Browns came out <laughs> the other side with the win. It wasn't pretty. Backup QB Case Keenan managed one touchdown pass late on to fullback Johnny Stanton in the fourth, but it was third year next running back up to Ernest Johnson to get 146 rushing yards and a touchdown on the game. The Broncos did get passing scores to Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, but Denver only managed 31 yards by the start of the fourth quarter in rushing and didn't score a point in the first half. The final score in Cleveland was the Broncos 14, 
Browns 17. All right, Mark. No, 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 no. You... Call, call that correctly. It was the Browns reserves. Seventeen. All right. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Do you do you two want to report this properly and actually go through the Broncos injury report as well? Because we were down no. to our fourth and our eighth choice interior linebackers in a team that plays a three uh, a four three, so uh, a three four rather. So don't you can't sit there and say, oh, it was only basically down to uh, should, the Browns should have had the correct players teams. in your practice squad then. Teams were injured, so don't sit there t- saying about the Broncos, uh, the Browns being injured because the Broncos were as well. This was Sorry, basically, Dave. this was basically a terrible Thursday night game. To be fair, we both predicted this last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was not a good lineup, and the the problem is, I mean, I'm going to make two points. The problem is, Browns versus Broncos is never really going to be a great game anyway. Oh, um, the AFC Championship game in 1987 was amazing. <laughs> I mean, you've got me snookered. What can I say? Uh, the, the second drive. point of it, the second point, I know. The second point of it as well is how much of a step down is um, Case Keenan from Baker Mayfield? Really? They both basically Huge, do the massive. same thing. It's not massive. No, yeah. it's you were taking the piss out of him last week. week. Come on. Yeah. Not Baker Mayfield, I wasn't. He May- was. Baker Mayfield is, as I've said on our Patreon, the most overrated quarterback in the league. I don't think, when you actually look at the stats in terms of completion percentages, in terms of individual rushing yards, in terms of big plays, they are basically the same player. Sorry, that's just true. It's just true. Not having it. Well, not having it. All right, well, there you go. You lost that game. Nothing more you can really add than that. We lost that game. We've lost three. We won three at the start of the season. We've now lost three. We've gone and um, actually traded for interior linebacker from the Rams. Name escapes me. I can't remember what it was. Um, We also traded for an outside linebacker from the Vikings, and he's now got injured. He's been placed on IR because he pulled his hamstring. It's, it's as bad as it can be at the moment in the linebacker core, um, considering also Alexander Johnson's gone for the season, Baron Browning's injured, um, Aaron Patrick's gone, and Bradley Chubb's still out as well. So, And there's talk of Malik Reid being injured as well. So it's as bad as it can be. You might as well start trading people. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, well, well this well, is the other thing. Trade deadline's we, we coming up. We could probably find a spot for Patrick Sertain in our practice squad or something. <laughs> I mean, only if you give us a seventh-round pick. Yeah, um, maybe. <laughs> Plum. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, the trade deadline's coming up. Is it? Is it second of November? It's in. It's, it's in about a week's close. time or something like that. It wouldn't shock me if we start to see one or two players start getting moved. Um, nothing. On Miller mad. to the Chiefs. Well, no, because he is in his last year of his contract, so it wouldn't benefit us, and it's all dead money anyway. So Vaughn won't be going. We know that. And he certainly won't be going to the Chiefs. Um, it wouldn't shock me if we get the likes of Melvin Gordon going, maybe. But again, he's in last year of his contract with an option. You know um, that these players actually have to have a suitor to want them before you can get rid of them, yeah? Really? So you're telling me that, that Melvin Gordon would not hold a market? Come on. If, I mean, I'm if, like, if he can't get I'm a start on the Broncos, man. he's not no, going to get a start anywhere else, is he? He starts every game. He literally starts every game. The thing is, you're coming into an argument, talking to me. It's like me arguing you about the Raiders. I have very little knowledge to be able to argue with in comparison to you. And you're arguing about the Raiders and you know nothing, so pipe down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they wouldn't surprise me if we, start, if, if we do something. Better move on, punk. 
Yeah, let's spend on... far too long on this game already. Yeah, let's we be have honest. Terrible game, try. terrible game. Let's go on the Sunday then. Let's start the Sunday afternoon. And Aaron Rodgers threw touchdown passes to three receivers and the defence stood tall in the red zone to help the Packers beat Washington on Sunday for their sixth consecutive victory. Rodgers got passes to Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard and Robert Tonyan as the rushing game faltered. Washington lost its third straight despite outgaining Green Bay 430 to 304 yards. Uh, Washington had five scoreless trips inside Green Bay's 30-yard line, including back-to-back series that ended inside the five. Big game stats for Terry McLaurin with 122 yards and a touchdown. The final score in Green Bay was Washington 10, Packers 24. Washington continuing their run of uneventful displays on defence. Um, I thought Tyler Henneke was fantastic. How often is it, though, that a team dominates time of possession, has zero punts, and only comes away scoring 10 points? It felt weird. It felt like the Washington deserved more than 10 points. They just um, couldn't finish drives. They were, yeah, they were absolutely dreadful in the red zone. They were awful. And yeah. that stupid rule about quarterbacks giving themselves up needs changing yeah, yeah, immediately. If, if, thing, if that new rule stops stops a quarterback from diving into the end zone to get a touchdown, then yeah. No, yeah, so any, anyone anyone who hasn't seen it, basically, Henneke went running over the line, slid, his knee went down just before the line and his momentum carried him over and he was never touched. Um, referees have said he gave himself up and therefore stopped him short of the one. My problem is, referees will often look at quarterbacks and say, once you're outside the box, we want to treat you as any other player in terms of being hit. Once you give yourself up, I get that. But you can't, on one hand, once you're outside the box, be considered another player. And on the other hand, when you make a play, which is sliding into the end zone, be considered giving yourself up when no one's near you. It just feels a bit counterintuitive. It's one or the other. It's very easy to tell when someone's giving themselves up because they slide. If you want to know why the referees aren't doing that, then Google Joe Flacco versus Kiko Alonso. You just um, can't stop talking about Joe Flacco today. <laughs> well, like headline news. I'm telling you, right? You you see a QB <laughs> leave the pocket and then start a slide. They don't want to see what happened to Joe Flacco when he was out in the open yeah, and took half an hour point. to get his Heineke was not sliding. He was diving headfirst into well, the end worse. zone. It's so you know. It, it's it's yeah. It was it was dreadful. Cool. I, I know they changed the rule this up. season, but it, there was no way on this planet even looked like he was giving himself up. He wasn't giving and himself he wasn't up. Touched. He was making a play for the line. That's the problem. It, it's that distinction of what's one or the other, and there has to be something in the rules that makes the distinction of what's one and what's the other. It can't be a catch-all for everything. It just feels weird. But not, we wouldn't be talking about this if they could finish off that drive. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's one of those stupid common sense things, isn't it? But, you know, like what's a catch? What isn't a catch? Mm. Go back and look up Megatron, not a catch, and Des Bryant, not a catch for examples of those. Jesse James, not a catch. Oh, give it he up. That, he was never a catch. If old Outlaws. Oh, we're talking about Old Outlaws for. <laughs> no, against the Patriots. <laughs> Right, let's move on. So we all thought the Titans would get a win at home against the Chiefs, but I'm not sure anyone had 27-0 on their bingo cards at halftime. Tennessee scored on their first five drives with a Derek Henry pass to Michael Pruitt, a Tannehill pass to AJ Brown, and a Tannehill run in with two field goals to complete the scoring by the half. Mahomes had another pass tipped and picked. He also lost a fumble and took four sacks, two by Danico Autry. Mahomes was slow to get up after taking the knee to his head on the fourth sack by Autry. He went to the medical tent and didn't return with Chad Henney replacing him late. This is one the Chiefs will want to move on from quickly, but things do need fixing. The final score was the Chiefs 3, Titans 27. You must have enjoyed this one, boys. 
all, oh, all praise yes. goes to the Titans. Mm-hmm. But seriously, it's exactly what we saw coming. Yeah. You know, um, maybe not Derek Henry throwing a touchdown, but the rest of it, it before. was pretty much exactly the game plan that we picked out last week. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, the Chiefs, it's not just the defense that's a problem anymore. They can't do anything on offense either now. So they're, they're just regressing. Um, so I don't quite know where they go from here, to be honest, but they need to start fixing it quite quickly. Otherwise, they're not even going to get into the playoffs, let alone oh, that win the division. Amazing. That would be so good. Um, I, I agree. I was a bit disappointed that the Titans didn't score any points in the second half. End of 27-3. I was hoping for a 50. Uh, a 50-0 <laughs> would have been quite nice. Um, there was one point when Tannehill had uh, more touchdowns than uh, Mahomes had first downs. Uh, well, Henry had more touchdowns of... passing than yeah. Mahomes did. <laughs> yeah, he had more. Yeah, so Derek Henry had more touchdowns than Patrick Mahomes had first downs at one point in the game. I mean, Mahomes was making plays in the second half, but when you get into the point where you're that far down, normal game plans go out the window and it becomes somewhat desperation. Um, they were moving the ball, but never really getting in range. And when they were in range, there was no point going for field goals. If they were playing for points, they they probably could have got 12, maybe 15 points because you'd just gone for field goals every time. They were having to go for first downs. I don't know how many first downs they went, to, went for, but it felt like a lot. Um, or fourth downs they went for, rather. It felt like a lot, but they they just weren't pulling everything together. There was missed throws. There was one point where... Um, talking of giving himself up. I think Travis Kelsey gave himself up thinking he was going to get a pass interference play and spent the rest of the game moaning about the pass interference play because I think that was on a fourth down. It just feels an unchiefs-like because there's a ruthless efficiency to the offense that's just missing at the moment. And the defense is rubbish. You remember last year when we saw the um, the Seahawks and the yeah. Seahawks were making basic coverage plays. That's what the Chiefs look like now. There's blown coverages on every single play and that's that's not me being bitter there's no no resentment there or anything like that there's blown coverages on every single play would you like to know some chiefs rankings currently Ooh. in the nfl Ooh, yeah, punk, do it they are currently 32nd in turnovers 32nd in points allowed 32nd in yards allowed 32nd in yards per play allowed 31st in passing yards allowed 31st in receiving yards allowed 31st in rushing yards allowed and 32nd in first downs allowed that's pretty damning <laughs> i mean that's like 2008 lions damning i mean on the plus side they're third that's, that's literally what game. they're like they are they are literally on course to be worse than the 0 and 17 lions and i think the there was someone else as well. I was sorry, Owen 16 Lions, and yeah. there was another team as well, but I can't remember who it was. But yeah, uh, I mean, 2022 that, Raiders, they're not fixing, <laughs> no, not the 2022 <laughs> Raiders, then they're, they're not fixing any of the problems that they've got, and they're just finding new problems. So, you know, they, they need to sort that out fairly quickly. Um, you know. Let me let me just throw one random question out there to both of you. You know, on Betfair, other bookies are available, mm-hmm. but on the marketplace, you can set your own odds. At the beginning of the season, I say to you, after seven games, the Chiefs are going to have a losing record. What odds would you put out in the marketplace for that? You get good odds. Remind me. I mean, no, remind me. You remind, set them. Yeah, but remind me of the 
teams they've played. So it's Titans. Um, so yeah, Titans last week. So the teams that they've played in order from the beginning of the season, they started yeah. off against the Browns with a win. Yeah. I add. Then it was the Ravens, uh, the Chargers, uh, Eagles, Bills, Washington, and uh, Titans. So actually four of those games against playoff teams from last year. So, you know, the odds on them coming away with a losing record, you might go, yeah, they'd lose two of those, two of those four, maybe two, two playoff teams. Five of the games against playoff teams. Charges is always tricky because it's divisional game. So, you know, it's not ridiculous to, to put out something like 16 to one or something like that on them doing it. I wouldn't be going much further than that because early in the season, you know, anything can happen, but, it's it, for me. It's not even the games that they're losing. It's how they're losing them. Yeah, and and you know the manner in which they're losing. It's just nothing's working. Nothing's there. Um, Mahomes took that. I mean, he wasn't there. There's no way on this planet is it, he glazed over. <laughs> he he passed <laughs> when he took that concussion hit. protocol. I know he passed concussion. So protocol, he went but... down, and a player came in. I forget who it was, and they he basically took a knee to the grill. I mean, I did say uh, it was um, to doing my review. He did? Yeah. Oh, well, I wasn't paying attention, sorry. Well, I know that. Um, he yeah. was glazed over. There's nowhere on this yeah, planet he, he, he was, was still cooked. there after that. Cooked. So, you know, pull him out, sit him down, correct thing to do. Um, but, you know, Chad Henney's not going to win you the game from yeah. two, two, three, four scores down, is he? So, I mean, on, on the plus side, they've got the Giants this week. So, you know, silver lining. A bit of tonic there. Let's let's move on. Let's move on. So Matt Ryan had two big throws to Carl Pitts to get Atlanta into field goal range on the final drive. Young Hoku made a 36-yarder as time expired, and the Falcons beat the Miami Dolphins by two points on Sunday. A sixth consecutive loss for Miami, and the second in a row coming on a final play kick. Tua got four touchdowns on the game to Mike Gazicki, Miles Gaskin, Isaiah Ford, and Matt Collins. Atlanta scored with Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage, and Corridor Patterson. The final score in Miami, though, was the Falcons 30, Dolphins 28. Uh, I think I called this one. I think I said the Falcons would win. Um, I'm not sold on the Dolphins at all this season. I'm really, really not sold. I don't think their running game is anywhere near good enough. Uh, their protection of two is not good enough either. Um, and their passing game, I think that Jalen Waddle might be the biggest disappointment of the season. I know he had a good game this year, uh, this week, uh, 83 odd yards, but, um, or 80 odd yards, I know it was 83. Um, but I'm just not been impressed by him at all. Um, and the Dolphins look underwhelming, unfortunately. Dolphins are one and six. The only game yeah. they won was the first game of the season. They're just bad. Who who's, who did they play first game of the season? Do you remember? Uh, they beat someone fairly reasonable. What was it? Oh, it's Patriots. I've just looked. Yeah, so the, the Patriots, Patriots. They beat Patriots by a point. So they beat Patriots by a point. Then they failed to put a single point on against the Dolphins. Against um, the then what? they lost to the... Against the Bills, rather. They failed to put even a single point on against the Bills. Yeah. And then they lost to the Raiders, the Colts, the Bucks, the Jags. I mean, I called that Jags one, and even that sticks in my throat, and I'm not even keen on the Dolphins. <laughs> Good news is they've got the Bills next. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it gets easier. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they're as bad as you think they are. I mean, the fact they still score no, just, touchdowns is pretty... No, but they're playing as bad as we think they're playing. Yeah. That's, I, that's the secret. It's not I that they are a bad team with bad players. It's just they're playing badly. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah. The so problem, there are the wins. I think the team. Dolphins have. The Dolphins have huge, great big gaps in their roster. 
Um, the pass rush isn't that great. The run game's rubbish and the protection's bad. For me, that's that's their main gap. Secondary, fantastic. But when you can throw it under the secondary and pick on the safeties, it's not really a big issue. Once you get past that starting lineup, the the reserves just aren't all that good, I don't think. That's the, that's the problem they've got. Um, Falcons do what the Falcons do, win some games, lose some games, and look ordinary doing it. So let's move on then. Uh, the New England Patriots earned their 12th straight victory and sixth consecutive season sweep over the Jets, who played most of the game without rookie quarterback Zach Wilson after the second overall draft pick left with 12-31 left remaining in the second quarter with a right knee injury. The Patriots started with some trickery as Kendrick Bourne threw his first touchdown pass to Nelson Aguilar. Damian Harris and J.J. Taylor both ran in two touchdowns. Brandon Bolden and Hunter Henry got the two from Jones. Mike White came in for the Jets and got a touchdown pass to Corey Davis, but also got picked by Kyle Duggar and J.C. Jackson. The final score in Foxborough was the Jets 13, Patriots 54. Is that the first 50-burger of the season? I think it is, isn't it? Uh, it's, yeah. So I can't think of another 50. But the one thing I find really disappointing is that they've now played the Jets twice already. I like it when the games are spread out more. But mm. that's just me. That's just my preference. That happens, that happens to the Broncos and uh, the Raiders quite a lot. We'll play you twice. Or we, I think last season... Twice we within three weeks week or something. 15, yeah. Week 17 or something. Exactly. It's ridiculous. I agree with that. But, um, you know, it's always more fun if you if you play a team in the first quarter and then the last quarter if you're playing them as divisional games. Yeah, I mean, the Jets got the Buffalo in their Week 17 game. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Um, not much to say on this, really. Patriots just did what Patriots did. Jets couldn't stop them. Jets look pretty awful. Jets have been pretty awful, apart from the win against the Titans. How weird is that? <laughs> yeah. There'd be some weird results, as, as usual in the NFL, but yeah. Um, yeah, that was, my, that was my coupon buster that week. I remember that. It's yeah, difficult to love Mac Jones, guys. That Just put it out there. It's difficult to love this uh, this rookie quarterback for the Patriots. He doesn't do an awful lot. He doesn't have he doesn't to do an awful lot Jets, wrong, though, does he? That, I mean, that's the thing. If he's not doing an awful lot wrong, and he he obviously isn't, you know. I mean, even the games they're losing, they're not getting smashed. You know, we're talking nineteen seventeen to the Bucks, thirty five twenty nine to the. Cowboys, you know, I even even the games that they're losing, they're playing the reasonably well. Tight against the Texans, admittedly, but they came out on the right side of that one. I think but if you go on, Mac Jones has possibly been the surprise of the season, and it's all down to what the Patriots have done. If you look at Mac Jones of what he is, he hasn't got a massive arm, and he's not terribly athletic. So they built a game plan around him where he can go through progressions. And the one thing he does though, he's got great footwork and he goes through his progressions well and he's accurate. But when you've got that, give him an easy down, uh, give him an easy out every time so he can go to that can be his third progression. Give him a one and a two, let him run through and have uh, a pass catching um, back who's there every time he wants to. And it's just, it's, it's almost as though you know, shock horror. They've built an offense around the quarterback and it's the sensible thing to do. And I, I see no issue with it. I mean, it's one thing that the Texans haven't done with Davis Mills. They haven't made it easy for him. But saying that, they're normally 10 points down before they're even starting. So it's much more difficult to. But it's just well, it's it's what sensible. Belichick's done for the last 20 sensible years, football. isn't it? Is build, yeah, build your team around your quarterback. Yeah. I mean, overall, in terms of um, number of points per game or yards per game or total yards, rather, he's currently sitting ninth. You know, there's Perfectly nothing wrong with that. It's perfect. I mean, that's good. I'd love to have a quarterback who's ninth overall. Mm, I'm not going to lie. Um, just, just for the record, 
Baker Mayfield's 24, just for the record. <laughs> Let's move yeah. on. Let's move on. Daniel Jones threw a five-yard touchdown pass, made a spectacular one-handed 16-yard catch on the game's only meaningful touchdown drive in their win on Sunday. Catch. Dante Pettis, who threw the pass to Jones, ended up being the touchdown scorer at the end of that drive. Devontae Booker got New York's other touchdown on the ground. Carolina was 2 of 15 on third downs and went out to just 173 yards on offense. That culminated in Sam Darnold getting benched for P.J. Walker. Darnold will be the starter next week, but the Panthers need to wake up after losing four straight. The final score was the Panthers 3, Giants 25. Panthers are imploding. Well, I don't think and they I'm are. Not I think quite it's sure a bit why. of reaction. I think they have... The Panthers have these weeks every now and again when McCaffrey's not there. Remember last year when McCaffrey was out and he had a couple of weeks where everything just fell apart and then the following week everything was fine again. Yeah, but we're talking about... We're talking about... Yeah, but we're not talking about losses to good teams. We're talking about losses to the... The Falcons, the who? You know, the Broncos. He said, he said it. That's <laughs> a pound in the Oh, jar. sorry, Washington <laughs> football team. The, I mean, it's because I was chatting with someone on Twitter earlier today about the uh, the eighties. Yeah, okay. Uh, Broncos, Washington Falcons, Cowboys, Rams. I mean, you know, there's I only wish... really two in there the way that you'd pick against them in theory. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wish the Broncos. I wish the Broncos had beaten them, but we've not played them this year. So, as much as I would have liked to the Broncos to have beaten the Panthers, (laughs) oh no, you didn't, did you? (laughs) No. (laughs) All right, I'll let you. And if we had have played them, we'd have bloody lost to them. (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree. The Panthers are one of those teams. They're they're like they're kind of like the Broncos. They will beat a bad team. And they've got a shout against a good team, but are probably ultimately going to end up losing. This was just one of those games where they <laughs> the bed, but they did it against a bad team. Giants, I don't think are as bad as we think. I think they're kind of like uh, Miami, well, where they're, they've just got on. a few holes. Even even preseason, I didn't think the Giants were bad. I gave them a nine-win record. Mm-hmm. It was it was it was old um, terrible Jim over in the corner there that Ouch. that well, you decided one, the Giants win? were going to be two wins or something. Yeah, what did wins. you say it was, Jim? Two wins. So you, so you think now they're going to go on a losing streak of 10 games? I mean, it's not impossible. It's not likely, is it? It's well, not it's likely. Not, it's not unlikely either. I've seen the way the well, Giants play. Yeah. Um, looking, but, looking at their schedule. Look yeah, at their schedule. Possible. Tell me that I'm wrong. Two Buccaneers, one Saints, one Bills, one Falcons, one Dolphins. Depends which, depends which week one they get the Saints. If Washington it's good or bad football week. team. One Cardinals, one Patriots, and another Falcons. Oh, no, Cardinals. I'm looking at the Panthers. What are you looking That's at? That's not going to work, Jesus is it? Jesus Christ. Oh, punk. <laughs> Let's <laughs> try that again, can, shall can we? Can someone check his boiler? Is his carbon monoxide alarm going off or something? <laughs> Could be. Could be. I keep hearing a weird <laughs> beeping in my head. So, Dave, you know sure, that he's cold. Anything's possible at this point. Okay, Giants. So they've got Chiefs, Raiders, Buccaneers, Eagles, Dolphins, Chargers, Cowboys, Eagles, Bears, Washington. Yes. You can't tell me they're playing the Eagles twice and not getting not getting a win out of one of those. Eagles don't have a quarterback. They're going to win four of those. Jalen Hurts, That's outrageous. Jalen Hurts is rubbish. But no. Jalen Hurts is rubbish, but he's no, still not. better than Baker Mayfield. Just putting that out there. <sighs> they'll, win, they'll beat Washington last week of the season. They'll probably beat the Bears. Well, congratulations. They'll beat yeah. the Eagles at least once. They'll probably beat the Dolphins. <laughs> so that's what, six already? There you go, you see? Yeah, in your mind. Yeah, they've got actually put on the field. Yeah, well, I picked them in pre-season, so. 
We're moving on. We're moving on. <laughs> You're losing control of your pod, Jim. <laughs> it's, it's a democracy. Joe Burrow threw for career high 416 yards and three touchdowns, including the pivotal 82-yarder to Jamar Chase in the third quarter. And the Bengals won their AFC North showdown against the Ravens in style, pulling away in the second half with 28 points. Chase had eight catches for 201 yards, easily the most productive performer on this impressive debut season. He broke Speedy Thomas's franchise record of 177 yards receiving, set in the 1969 game at Denver. The Ravens did have the lead briefly after a touchdown catch by Marquise Brown, but CJ Uzma had two touchdowns on the day and Lamar got sacked five times, two and a half by Sam Hubbard, to stop Baltimore from winning for a sixth straight game and getting to six and one for the first time in their history. The final score was the Bengals 41, Ravens 17. So who had the Bengals on the first in the AFC after seven games bingo card then? <laughs> uh, I mean, I was banging the Bengals drum, but not that hard. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> not even Zach Taylor had that score. No, I mean, it's to be honest. I mean, the Bengals, as impressive as they were, they weren't up against a huge amount. Um, and I think I tweeted it. Jamar Chase is a game wrecker. He is abhorrent in his ability to be able to destroy the opposition. Um, one of his touchdowns, I think he grabbed hold of it, broke through a tackle, smashed another man and ran 40 yards. It's just, he is so good. He is so good. It's ridiculous. And he normally has two men draped all over him. He still comes down with it. And Don't forget, got... it's difficult to catch that ball as well. Yeah, I mean... So it doesn't have the... the white stripe on it. He might... <laughs> I love that callback. Um, yeah, I for me, he's the star of the season so far. He is my uh, offensive rookie of the year already. I'm handing him the award because he's been that good. Um, nice surprise to see the Bengals playing well. Really is a nice surprise to see them playing that well. Um, on the other side of the ball, you know, well, Ravens, again, they're just a bit on and off. And their offensive line this week was... Moribund. I'm trying to think of a way to describe. I mean, it, it's, is... it, the running game isn't really working for them, is it? And I mean, it's not surprising considering they've got what three running backs on IR currently, and they yeah, keep they bringing were... in. They brought in they three keep, veterans. Yeah, but they keep bringing in veterans to kind of fill the spot, but it's just not working for them. They've um, got deeper problems than running back, mate. Yeah. <laughs> They, the amount of times they have blown coverage and missed tackles, just missed tackle after missed tackle. I thought I was watching the Bears. It was absolutely disgusting. I've never seen the Ravens blow coverages like that. Oh, sorry. I haven't seen them do that in a couple of years at least. Um, since they had their change of system on defense, it was it was a joke. But I'm so happy the Bengals managed to get the win. I'm sure Jim is as well. I think you'd probably hate the Ravens more than you do the Bengals. Uh, Yeah. I prefer the Bengals to win that game than the Ravens. <laughs> Ravens are getting too far ahead, so need to knock them down a little bit. Yeah. But Bengals are Bengals are the form team at the moment. I mean, I we said last week, you know, how you know, are they a sneaky bet for a playoff um, place? And at the moment it's looking likely. And, you know, they've got a good chance of getting a decent win this week as well. So the bandwagon just keeps on rolling. I don't think they're even a sneaky chance. I'm I'm well, fairly confident be, they'll pick up be, a wild card. Well, they've got the Jets this week, and then they've got the Browns afterwards. Case Keenum led Browns. Um, then they've got the Raiders. Now, the way the Bengals are playing at the moment, they've got a bloody good chance of winning that. And then the Steelers. And what Steelers <laughs> are turning up? I don't know, you know. So there's 
I mean, they've even played the Broncos later on and the Chargers. So there's two games that might win end up winning as well. So it's just a, it, it's an interesting season for the for the Bengals, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't have pinned them as being a team to keep an eye on at this point in the season. Nice surprise. Yeah. Let's move on to a game that I'm sure Punk's going to want to talk about. So Derek Carr threw for 323 yards, completing 31 of 34 pass attempts with one touchdown, and Las Vegas defeated the Eagles on Sunday. Carr's 91.1% completion percentage was a career best and the second best single game percentage in NFL history behind Drew Brees, 96.7 on a minimum of 30 attempts. It all started so well for the Eagles. They'd driven down the field for Kenneth Gainwell touchdown and then picked Carr in the end zone. But Vegas then reeled off 30 points with touchdowns to Foster Moreau, Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, and Brian Edwards. A Boston Scott run and Jalen Rager touchdown catch in the fourth made it closer, but the game was too far gone. The final score in Vegas was Eagles 22, Raiders 33. You mentioned that 97% completion ratio for Derek Carr. 91. Um, 91. Um, I think Jalen Hurts' completion percentage was 53%, which might be a career best for him as well. I don't know. I'm just, just putting that out there. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I think this might have been Derek Carr's best game of the season, to be honest. Not just on percentages of passes, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, but with no Waller out there and Jacobs mm. going out injured. Uh, was that second quarter? I think it was, it was a while ago now. Yeah. I've slept since then. Um I mean, his only real misstep was that interception on the first drive, uh, to be fair. And even then, it was kind of a weird underarm throw behind Jalen Richard. And yeah, I'm not quite sure what he decided to do there. Um, it's definitely the O-line's best game of the season. I mean, the score looks closer than it actually was. I think we gave up two kind of garbage time touchdowns, really. Uh, the game was was well in hand going into the fourth quarter. Um, yeah. I mean, Carr only got sacked, uh, sorry, didn't get sacked at all, got hit twice. He was kept upright. So, you know, the shuffling of the O-line that happened two, three weeks ago, that seems to be starting to to, to work. Um, the receiving core showed they're up to the task consistently. You know, it's all, it's all, it's all very positive. Um, but, I mean, I suppose the one caveat you put to that is just because it's positive now, we are the Raiders. We can't afford to ease up. Um, we've still got one of the toughest remaining schedules in the league. Um, and of course are coming off those two seasons where previously we've been looking to, uh, make the playoffs and then have kind of blown it in, in the final furlong. So, yeah, yeah, all, all, all very nice, all fantastic at the moment. Um, I can't actually think of anything bad about this game, to be honest. So I'm just... Well, maybe, but I'm I'm just a a complete ray of positivity at the minute, and you know, watching Max Crosby do a Troy Polamalu um, <laughs> over the top of the O line to to stuff the Eagles on the on the two yard line was just mm-hmm. a thing of beauty, to be honest. Yeah, it was nice nice to watch. So there we go, superb. Another Am win gonna... for the Raiders. Who'd have thunk yeah. it? The Eagle. I mean, if you go back to the Eagles, there's concerns at the moment. I do do. Do, are any of actually are any of us convinced that Jalen Hurts is the right guy for the Eagles? Yeah. Why? Yeah, I'm on the fence. I'm really on the fence. If you add up his QBR for the past five games, it comes to about 130. Don't care about QBR. It's what you see on the field. Okay, a 59% completion ratio, and he hasn't thrown over 30 yards in two weeks. Great. What are we seeing on the field that's convincing you? 
I'm genuinely interested. This is a, my tone makes it sound like I'm having a go. And I probably started off that conversation by having a go, but I'm now I'm <laughs> genuinely interested. What are you seeing that I'm not? I'm seeing the guy that can move the ball down the field. I've seen far too many bad quarterbacks, Dave, that can't get a first down. This guy can pick up a first down. He might have to use his legs more often than not, but he does, he does drive the ball down the field and he gets players playing for him. That is, that is something you cannot quantify on a stat sheet. I mean, they got fewer first downs in this game than the Raiders did. Okay, but the Raiders also had an unnatural um, level of percentage completion. So this isn't, this isn't normal Derek Carr that you saw this week. It's not normal anyone. It's normal Derek Carr. Because he's not normal anyone. Highest, not normal, I'm not, not digging on Derek Carr. That's the only time someone's got that close since Drew Brees did it once. All right? That's not normal kind of opposition you're going up against. Previous week against the Bucks, they only had 16 first downs. The previous week before that against the Panthers, they only had 15 first downs. These are not numbers which are convincing me. All right. So I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. If you're talking about being able to move the ball down the field and get first downs, 15 first downs, that's Brock Osweiler at the Texas, at the Texans. That's kind of the, you know, the, the, the company that he's keeping. I'm just not seeing at the moment, and it's a massive concern. I mean, his completion ratio last week was 52%. Prior to that, week before against the Bucks, okay, it was the Bucks, 46%. Previous to that against the Panthers, which they won that game, 59%. These are not numbers that are making you stand out and go, this guy's talented. No, but he's feet? also not getting any help from his receivers and his running game. He's taking shots so, down the field, you know. I, I mean, he's not taking shots down the field. Jim. Yeah, if you want to think, right. like Matt if, he's, Jones, taking, if he's taking shots, if he's taking shots down the field, he's not completing any of them. I do agree that his running game's trash and his protection is not all that great either. I give him that, but he's doing nothing to overcome overcome that. Mm. Maybe it's Nick Sirianni who has shown nothing to warrant being a head coach in the NFL at the moment. Not a criticism of him. Again, I'm just not seeing anything that's inspiring. Um, I wish him the best of luck, but right now I'm just not seeing it. Maybe we need to get Philly's eye on talk about the Eagles a bit more in depth. <laughs> I agree. It's much more of the game. Think much more of the game win. Yeah, I just, I just love the guy. Anyway, let's go on to the next game. So Matthew Stafford passed for 334 yards and three touchdowns against his former team. And Jalen Ramsey made an end zone interception with five minutes left in the Rams' victory over Jared Goff and the winless Detroit Lions. Cooper Cup had 10 catches for 156 yards and two touchdowns for the Rams, including the go-ahead score with 14 minutes left. Van Jefferson also caught a scoring pass from Stafford, whose first touchdown pass to Cup was the 300th of his NFL career. DeAndre Swift made a 63-yard catch-and-run touchdown on the opening possession for the Lions, who lost their 11th straight game despite jumping to a double-digit lead in a rare strong start. Khalif Raymond had six catches for 115 yards. Jared Goff still hasn't won an NFL start without McVay as his head coach, falling now to 0-14. And the final score in this one was the Lions 19, Rams 28. This game highlighted exactly why the Rams wanted to get rid of Goff. Mm. Yeah, mm. multiple trips to the end zone that he couldn't finish off. The start of the game was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, the opening drive was brilliant. Then an onside kick straight from the restart and recovered. And then they went straight down and scored uh, a field goal. That was as good as it got for the Lions. But I agree, oh, yeah. Punk. It was there were multiple trips to the red zone that just were not converted. Mm-hmm. And I do feel sorry for the Lions. I don't care. They 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 play these teams close every single week. They get themselves in the positions to do it. And then, you know, the football gods are just currently against them. So they need to, I don't know, 
take up some ritual, pee on all four corners of the pitch or something. And that's a Barry yeah. Fry's reference. <laughs> that, that's digging deep. Just, <laughs> and just, just you know, do something. Yeah, you know, get 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 some voodoo in or something, and just sort it out because you know it, it, this team is is too good of a Lions team yeah. to go the whole season undefeated. They just need a couple of things to bounce their way a little bit. They'll win a couple of games. They'll win a couple of games. Um, highlight of this game, though, was the shoving and grabbing match. I'm, I'm hesitant to call it a fight um, between Penesiul and uh, Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald, yeah. And, yeah, Donald shoved Seul and Seul grabbed hold of him like, I will murder you. And Aaron Donald did not win this fight. I don't think he necessarily lost it either, but Penesiul... What an animal. I mean, literally stood up to Aaron Donald and went, come on then. And um, I think if it had gone on any longer, would have manhandled him. Um, I think his his stock went up somewhat after that because he he's a big dude. He is a big dude. But that was the highlight of the game. That kind of tells you everything you need to know, really. Probably the best thing Panacea has done this season. Uh, easy. I mean... <laughs> he's got a better QBR than Jalen Hurt so you know oh well done well done thanks talking about uh, the football gods as well not being nice to the Lions at the moment I mean have they ever been nice to him they must have built Ford Field like an ancient Indian burial ground or something because they've never had any luck I mean you say that they had uh, a franchise quarterback who most teams would kill for never won a playoff game they- with him don't care. They still had a very, very talented quarterback for how long? You know, they had Megatron, they had Sanders, they've had, they've had players. It's just they've had idiots as owners and GMs who haven't been able to draft anyone. So, yeah, it, they, they've shot themselves in the foot too many times. I mean, they've drafted good plays in the first round that they've just wasted. This should be a quick review. Tight end Zach Ertz have been with the Cardinals for just nine days and already had the longest touchdown catch of his nine-year career with a 49-yard catch and run to see off the Houston Texans on Sunday evening. Arizona fell to an early 5-0 hole after a slow offensive start, but touchdowns for DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, and a rushing touchdown by James Conner moved this game back to what everyone expected. The final score was the Texans 5, Cardinals 31. Yeah. Cardinals are quite good. Texans are very bad. No comment. (laughs) Okay, uh, with Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski sidelined by injuries, Mike Evans had a big day with six catches for 76 yards and three touchdowns, including a nine-yarder that gave Brady touchdown number 600 with six seconds remaining in the first quarter. There were touchdowns as well for Chris Godwin and then the Fournette. Justin Fields, meanwhile, fell to two and three as a starter. The first-round draft pick finished 22 of 32 for 184 yards and three interceptions. He also lost two fumbles, now has been sacked a league-leading 22 times. The Bears, the only team averaging more yards per game rushing than passing this season. And the final score in Florida was the Bears 3, Bucks 38. The only thing you need to know about this is the Bears' body language was disgusting. The players have given up. I don't care what anyone says. They went into the game knowing full well they were going to lose. It was like watching a 1990s game where Leeds would go to Man United. They knew they were on a hiding before anything else. It, It was ridiculous. Didn't Leeds yeah. win the league in '92? Uh, yeah, but football didn't start until the Premier League started. And Leeds were Leeds, Leeds were great, but they never beat Man United at Old Trafford for like five, six years, and they'd normally they'd be four 0 down before you even start. It was it was like watching Forest two years ago going into every single game. I think the uh, most interesting thing to come out of this game is that the guy that had the 600th touchdown ball gave it up far too easily. 
Yeah. Possession is nine tenths of law, and to only get what was it a thousand thousand dollar gift shop? Yeah, and, and a signed jersey or something. Wait, what? Can someone enlighten me? What's going on? I don't. So oh, Mike the... Evans caught the the touchdown for Brady's six hundredth touchdown. So right. yeah, first quarterback to have done it. Obviously, Canton probably want that ball, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, Mike Evans, not realizing he caught six hundredth touchdown, gave it to a fan in the stands wearing his jersey, as he does on every touchdown. Yeah. Um, and then the kit manager had to go over to the fan and start negotiating on how to get the ball back. Now, if I'm that fan, I'm sitting there going a million dollars in my account and then I'll give you the ball. Um, but somehow within about five minutes, he'd managed to negotiate the ball back. And yeah, the fan went with, I think it ended up as like next year's season ticket, the rest of this year's season I'm ticket. I'm on a box for at least a year. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I, I want to be assistant GM. <laughs> and then he got a thousand thousand dollar gift shop thing, so you know. Well, he gave it up too early, and, and then some signed stuff. Yeah, he definitely gave it up too early. He gave it up far too easily. But mm. There we go. That was the most I interesting mean, thing in the game. I want to know the negotiating tactics of that kit man. I mean, the Broncos need him as assistant GM. <laughs> <laughs> two more games. Two more games. First of all, was the Sunday night, and that was the 49ers against the Colts. The 49ers dropped their fourth straight game and remained winless at home for more than a year since beating the Rams on October the 18th, 2020. As the return of starting quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo failed to provide any spark on a wet night, Garoppolo threw for 181 yards, lost a fumble, threw two interceptions, and struggled to push the ball downfield in his first game back after missing one game with a calf injury. There were nine touchdowns to Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel, but the Colts got scores from Mo Ali Cox and Michael Pittman Jr., plus rushing touchdowns from Wentz himself, and Jonathan Taylor also got over 100 yards. The final score was the Colts 30, 49ers 18. Jonathan Taylor's a monster. He is an utter, utter monster. I've got him in fantasy and he's killing it. Um, it, 49ers, again, are a a team who are sort of flattering to deceive. Are they as bad as their record suggests? Yes. Otherwise, they wouldn't have lost the games. Well, that's not true. Well, it is true. It is true. They are as bad as as, it's as not they an easy division. Let's be fair. Yeah, I mean, it's they they, no they haven't got the easiest schedule. They're not playing the easiest teams. And to be fair, the Colts, after a dodgy first few weeks, have actually started turning it around. Um, we all thought, I think, at the beginning of the season, the Colts would actually be in that kind of battle for a wild card spot in the AFC, and so it's probably going to prove to be. Um, I think Wentz is is playing probably the best ball he's played for a while. Um, you know, certainly since he sprained both his ankles, but you know, definitely enjoying think, playing think... the game with Frank Reich, isn't he? You know, you, you want that familiarity, and he seems like he's enjoying it a lot more than, say, Sam Donald is in Carolina. Yeah, massively, massively. And you know, I think the Colts generally have just got that bit of balance and they've got that little bit of swagger back on defense again that they had last year. Um, so yeah, I, good I, think I, I think I disagree. I don't think the Colts have got any swagger and I don't think they've got any real momentum. The only teams they've beaten prior to this week were the Texans and the Dolphins, both mm-hmm. of which are bad teams. Other than that, they'd lost. But Albeit, that's how you build confidence and momentum, isn't it? By beating teams. doesn't matter yeah. who it is, to be well, honest. Well, no, no, but you at the same beaten time... The Ravens. It was just, well, they, they could have beaten the Ravens. I'm not sure because they should have beaten the Ravens. They could have. But they've lost to the Rams, the Titans, and I think week one against the Seahawks. And Seahawks were a very different team than they are now. 
it just came as a bit of a surprise to me. So I think if they can build momentum going forward, I mean, they're not going to this week, but if they can build momentum going forward, it's going to be a much better for them. It just came as a bit of a shock because I expected more from the 49ers. Um, but coming off a, a game where you only can see three points against the Texans, it's, it looks as though potentially they do have some momentum. So maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But uh, next, I mean, this you, week, it's going to be very difficult for them. You say about them losing to the Rams and the Titans and the Ravens. I mean, they lost all those games by one score near enough. Mm. You know, it's, uh, I think the first Titans game, they it was probably eight or nine points. Nine, but, yeah. you know, wasn't I think... Blowout, I think yeah, no, yeah. I don't, you know, even even when they've had the injuries and all the rest of it, they've still been competitive in games. No, I think so, they're a decent team. You know, I think now they're, they're okay. starting to get things back back on track. I think, you know, and like I said, momentum's a great great equaliser. So even even if you're only beating Miami and the Texans, the fact that gives you then the confidence to go and beat the 49ers in well, it's not San Francisco, is it? Santa Clara, but mm-hmm. you know, it's it's. I think the Colts are one of those teams to watch in the second half of the season because I think they're gonna they could upset a few apple carts along the mm. way. Be a very dark sure. horse if they do. I mean that they're gonna they've got some they're playing some crap. They're, you know, games where they can win. They're playing against the Texans again. They're playing against the Jags twice. Um, they've got the Patriots and the Raiders who are both team, both games that they can win, but then at the same, and they're playing against the Jets as well, again, more crap. But then they've got the Titans, the Cardinals, and the Bucks and the Bills. So they're pretty much boom or bust each week. Um, there's the possibility, if they can win one of the, one of, they'll get, I think they'll get a wildcard game just because there's games for them to, they'll be one of the wildcard teams, I think, because there's games out there for them to win. The only thing, the only reason they're not going to be one of the three wildcard teams is if they hit the bed on one of the games against like the Jags or something like that. But if, if they can beat the Patriots and or the Raiders, then there will be a playoff team. Okay, so the last game was Monday night and that's an almost entirely self-inflicted loss as Seattle dropped its third straight game. Alvin Kamara and Jameis Winston made some plays offensively and Demario Davis was a terror on the defensive side for New Orleans. Seattle got the first score of the game with an 84-yard touchdown to DK Metcalf. Alvin Kamara got a touchdown back before halftime. In the second half, it came down to kickers as Jason Myers missed two field goals for Seattle and Brian Johnson was shooting to thrill for the Saints. The last time Seahawks started a season with three straight losses at home, 1992. The final score in the clink was the Saints 13, Seahawks 10. I'm going to point it out. Lovely ACDC reference. In Thank there. you very well much, James. Yeah, even Did I pick up that. on that straight, straight <laughs> away. Um, interestingly, uh, going into this game in one of our fancy leagues, uh, a certain certain Mr. Dave only mm. needed about 13 points to beat me with Tyler Lockett. And I think he returned about three points for you, didn't he? Something like yeah, that. Something like that. I think yeah. You had the wrong receiver, didn't you? Um, um, but I also, if you remember going into the game, um, you had to send me a message to say, Dave, why have you got four players on a bye? Well, so the fact, I mean, that I, the fact that I got within 20 yards of you, quite frankly, I'm, I'm more than happy with. So I'll take the last. I, I think that's that not was very honest you. of me to actually No, I do. And I, and I, I hold my hands up and say thank you very much. Ultimately, it didn't make a huge, humongous amount of difference because I still lost. In fact, how bad I've been hard. in fantasy this year, it's it's unbelievable, to be honest, yeah, that I even managed to get 120 fault. points. So, you know. In our league... I'm um, actually going into in the league that we're all in, um, the one yeah. that I'm joint top of with somehow Jim's top of the league as well. Um, but in that league, the person who was against me had the Saints defense um, and I did not stay up to watch this game. Um, I turned on my phone, saw that the Seahawks only scored 10 points and went, oh, good God, 
did they do it? And I was expecting like seven interceptions, forced fumbles, <laughs> pump recoveries, and the whole lot. And I was like, oh god, no! Turned on my phone, and they got like six points. So I was like, okay, rubbish. This was just a rubbish game. Haven't watched the game. I know nothing about. It. I'm making a habit of not watching the Monday night game. Um, but nothing inspired to me to go and watch. Geno Smith scored ten points against uh, a Saints team, which was led by. Um, James Winston. So, yeah, I have no interest in knowing or watching anything about this game. I mean, I'll be brutally honest with you, Dave. It doesn't sound like halftime. You've watched any of the games. So, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's saying, on saying you're not watching the Monday night one probably won't come as a shock to most people. <laughs> Dare you. <laughs> oh, well. can, only three teams would have beaten me this week, Dave, in the uh, in the scoring. So, yeah, yeah. You know, I think I deserve to be in the top, top of the tree here. Uh, what's the saying? Is it is it one swallow does not make a summer? Is that this is correct? Yeah. Is it even one the swallow sunshine? Of summer does not make. Yep. And even the sun shines on a dog's eyes. Well, my players are yeah. starting to come into their own now. They're starting to get consistent yeah, points. Let me know. Uh huh. Yeah. Cool. I'm a That's grower, not a shower. So. Mm-hmm. There we go. Yeah. Another win. I'm Another neither. Win in, the I'm neither. In, in all my leagues. Uh, let's have a look then at the picks that we did for week seven. We always look at the wrong ones. Um, there were a few uh, few teams on the bio last week. So um, there were only 13 games to pick from. Um, Dave, you got four wrong. So you and uh, Punk picked the Broncos. That wasn't correct. I picked the Dolphins to win. That was not correct. We all picked the Panthers and Ravens to win. That was not correct. And uh, everyone bar Punk picked the 49ers to beat the Colts. Uh, so we were wrong there. So it shook out that uh, Dave and myself got a nine and four for the week. And Punk and the people represented by Tom this week, thank you very much, Tom, as a Seahawks fan, went 10 and three. So well done, Tom. looking at the updated table, Dave is still in, in the lead with 71 <laughs> points. The people have 70 points. Punk has 69 points and I have 67 points. So that is the season tally at the moment. We're using playactionpools.com. That's playactionpools.com to, to run the league uh, and to pick, to pick out our teams every week. Really easy way to do it, guys. If you want to get your own league going, then you can do that. Make sure you use a, a coupon code of TFD uh, to get 10% off. And that can be NFL, college football, or NBA, which has just started as well. Really good website, and it's a good chance to support in, uh, new creators from the ground up. So, it's, it's really user-friendly as well. Mm. It's the thing I've yeah, noticed. I like you know, it used to be a pain in the backside having to figure out picks and you know sort them all out and keep them all in one place. But actually using Play Action Pools has, has really helped it because it is just literally, you know, pick your team and job done. Yeah, it saves it all for you. It's fantastic, and you don't even have to do the maths, which is good because <laughs> I'm sure you do used to cheat all the time. <laughs> I mean, talking of cheating, in another prediction thing that we're doing, Jim decided not to add my points this week, so just pointing that out there, oh, Mr. Cheater. Yeah, I did add it when you told me about it. All right. Yeah, I had to. I had to moan and complain though, didn't I? Hey, hey. Oh yeah, that tenor didn't hurt either. Right, so let's move maybe, on to maybe, admin skills, gentlemen, maybe admin we, skills. Maybe if we did our predictions on play action pools as well and utilise that platform, I wouldn't get mm. conned out of points so many times. <laughs> Here we go. Just saying. I think I'm top Just on saying. that one, aren't I? I don't remember correctly. <laughs> I am definitely not. 
No. Let's move on to week eight then, guys. Let's have a look at the picks for week eight. There's more games to go. Uh, this week, we have a new challenger for the people. So thank you very much, Tom, for last week. We're subbing in another Seahawks fan this week. This is Hannah, a Seahawks fan. So we're going to see what we see on these picks. We're going to start with Thursday night. That is a, a doozy, to use an American term. That is the Green Bay Packers at the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, we've all gone Cardinals, right? No Devontae Adams. Come on. Come on. Bunk? Well, it's it's not confirmed with Devontae Adams. He needs to test negative twice in 24 hours before the game. Yeah. So if I've got it right. So it, it's really a case of you'll know by Wednesday lunchtime, I guess, whether or not he's able to, to, to play. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've still gone Cardinals, mainly because I don't believe that Devonta Adams is going to play. Um, yeah, it should be a cracker of a game, though. I'm glad they're both, you know, still all upright, all all pretty much healthy. Um, yeah, this is this is definitely one worth watching, whether you yeah, so record it or watch it live. An update on um, his COVID status, so. Um, He is a vaccinated player, which means his placement on the reserve COVID list on Monday um, is due to a positive test result. He'll need to test negative twice, 24 hours apart before being activated. That can happen at any time, but it's unlikely to happen before Thursday's game against Arizona. And that's from Tom Silverstein from the Milwaukee General Senator. So it's possible but unlikely it's a very tight turnaround it's, it yeah, is possible yeah. if he's, then even if he does um, become negative is he going to be well enough to play um it's probably a bit too short as a turnaround so everyone's gone for the cardinals on that Thursday night game but there's been a lot of maligned um conversations about the the, the schedule for the Thursday night game i think we can agree that this one's a pretty good one uh, after some weeks of not being quite yes. so quality yeah. The schedule for the Cardinals is is not great in the fact that they played in one of the later games on Sunday and they're already returning for the Thursday game. Um, mm. It's not great, but... But know, they played the, the Texans, so... This is true. I'm sure every every team in the NFL at some point has had this happen to them. <laughs> so, you know, spilt milk is not worth crying over. Sunday starts with uh, an interesting game here. The Carolina Panthers are at the Atlanta Falcons. Is it worth while mentioning that clocks go back and therefore it's at five o'clock this week, not six o'clock? Ooh, I think I'm right. A good point. Yeah, you just you mentioned it. Right so thank you. Clocks mm. go back in the UK, but not in the US. So yeah, yeah they I think the US they five. go. Yeah, in the US they go forward in a couple of weeks. I think I'm right in saying. So we have a couple of weeks of five pm games. Mm. Okay, Panthers at Falcons. What are we doing here, boys? After um, the way the Panthers have played the last few weeks, I'm going Falcons. I, I'm going to contradict myself here and sound ridiculous. What's new? I think the Panthers will win, but I've gone Falcons just because the Panthers were so you bad can't last be week. Be wrong. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'll, I'm picking. I'm picking the Falcons, but okay. I think the Panthers are the better team and are more likely to win. But they were so bad last week and shit the bed so badly. I can't pick the Falcons. I can't pick the Panthers. So I'm going to go Falcons. I just think the Falcons will score more points than the Panthers will. Keep it real. They've certainly got a chance. They're properly using Carl Pitts now. Yep. But I just can't root for the, 
the 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 Falcons to win this game. So I have gone for the Panthers. So has Hannah. So we've got a 50-50 split there uh, in the picks. Then we've got the Miami Dolphins at the Buffalo Bills. I mean, well, let's be honest. If you haven't picked the Bills, then what what game are you watching? Because you, know, you must be watching ice hockey or something. <laughs> Come on. All right, it's so a clean sweep for the Bills. The San Francisco 49ers are at the Chicago Bears. Wow. There's two teams that don't like who do, scoring. Who do you hate less? <laughs> um, I've, I've gone 49ers. I think I, I kind of agree with what you were saying, Dave, in that I don't think the Bears are up for it anymore. I yep. think, you know, ever since ever since the uh, Let's Kill Justin Fields game, I think they've been... Um, <laughs> Uh, let's say, uh, working against their coaching staff rather than with them. Um, now, it may turn out that Nagy's not there this week um, with his COVIDness as well. So who knows what happens, but I've gone 49ers. Right now, the only team I would pick the Bears against is the Texans in all of the NFL. Even the Jets, I would pick ahead of the Bears right now. That's okay. how little belief I have in them. So you've gone for the 49ers? Of course. All right. So all three of us have gone for the 49ers. Hannah's gone for the Bears. So I love a bit of uh, rivalry there between the pod and the people. We've just got it. Next up, the Pittsburgh Steelers off their bye at the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I don't remember. Hang on. Scrolling. Browns. <laughs> there we go. This game's so insignificant. Case Keenan's Browns against the Steelers. Oh, I couldn't remember. Yeah. I um, have picked the Browns, but I forgot the Steelers were coming off a bye week. Well, you can always change your, your mind there, Punk. If, uh... Do I want to change my mind? Dave, keep talking for a minute. Phil, <laughs> while I think. Um, no. Is it Case Keenum still? Yeah. It's Case Keenum for three or four weeks. I'm going to more. Dealers. Hey. Interesting. Joining me, Jim. Punk, on this side of the fence. Jim, who have you gone for? Have you gone for the Browns or the Steelers? I had. Before the season started, I went for the Browns, but I've changed my mind and gone for the Steelers for this week. Hannah's gone for I the mean, Browns. If so you like, like pass rush, this is the game. If you like Ooh. pass rush, this is the Holy Grail. Yeah. That's what I think wins it for the Steelers, to be honest. I don't think Case Keenum is going to be able to stand up to that Steelers pass rush. Um, but, and I think as a consequence of that, he's going to throw multiple picks but that don't will think absolutely it, destroy the Browns' chances. Don't mm. think of it as Case Keenum against the Steelers pass rush. Think of it about think of it of the number one offensive line in the league against that Steelers pass rush. That's the issue. No, it's Bronco, not, because Broncos because pass rush dip- could not get near him last yeah, week. Yeah, but but the dip- yeah, I'm, no offense to the Broncos pass rush or lots no, of offense. It's however okay. you take it, it's, it's, it's not okay the same at the as moment. the Steelers one. It's absolutely and, not because of the injuries we've got. I agree, and and that therefore means that the O line has got to protect for longer because Casey Keenan will not get the ball out as quickly as Bridgewater or Baker Mayfield. To be honest. Um, so yeah, reason reasoning being, I think D line probably wins it for for Steelers. We've it's got a fifty fifty split. So let's move on then. The Philadelphia Eagles are at the Detroit Lions. Oh, I want the Lions to win this. 
see this this is one of those sneaky good bad games mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going Lions I'm going the, Lions because they're at home and they deserve one Detroit I'm doing it I'm going Lions as well before the season started I picked the Lions to win this game and I'm staying with it so all four of us have gone for the Lions to win at home let's hope they do it they deserve to get a win <laughs> Yeah. Then we've got uh, an NFC, sorry, an AFC South matchup between the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts. On this could no be the sneaky good game of the week, to be honest. Um, On no planet do I see the Colts winning this, but the Titans shit the bed every now and again, as we've seen already this season. Certainly do. J E T S. I don't know how yeah. they managed that. I still can't oh, figure it out. I need to go back and watch that game actually and figure out how they managed to lose. Do you reckon it's just one of those games you go into thinking, well, we won this one. Let's look ahead to next week. And then all of a sudden maybe. you find yourself in maybe. a bit of a hole. Could be. Um, Could be. But yeah, I don't see that happening this just because I think I don't think they'll take the, the Colts that, that lightly. I honestly um, think Derek Henry is playing at an MVP level. And I know they give that to quarterbacks all the time. But when was oh Adrian I, Peterson was the last running back to get MVP? Yeah, wasn't it? And that I, was in like 1938 or something. It was a long time ago, 2010 <laughs> or something, wasn't it? When he had his uh, two and a half thousand yard season. Um, but yeah, I've 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 gone Titans just on the back of Derek Henry is playing out of his skin at the minute, and I just don't see how the Colts D can stop him. Uh, I've gone for the Colts. It's a defense. It's a divisional matchup. Uh, it's the Colts at home. Sometimes, sometimes the Titans just don't like putting up points, and you think the Henry's is going to run over him, and he just doesn't. So, I, yeah, I agree. It's possible. It's one of those games where, like the Bengals Ravens last week, we I think we said we wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals had won. Um, again, I wouldn't be surprised if the Colts won, but you know, it's nice that we've got some split. I think potentially at the moment, the best two running backs in the league going against each other because. Jonathan Taylor is literally, um, he's killing it at the moment. He's on, on pure talent. He's obviously not number two, but with Chubb injured, Kamara doing nothing because he has no throwing game. Barkley being out, I I think Jonathan Taylor possibly is the number two back in the league at the moment. He's doing well. Next up, then it's the Cincinnati Bengals at the New York Jets. Oh, Bengals! Punk. Anyone gone Jets? Can I can I go? No, on, do I'm going go Bengals. On, do it, do it. Bengals <sighs> are rubbish. Come on, do it. This is, but this is exactly the type of game that the Bengals would lose. Mm. You know, this this could be a massive trap game. If uh, no, I can't do it. Bengals. I mean, this is the Jets <laughs> team that beat the Titans. Come on, you know the Jets. Yeah, I know, I know. But and uh, you know, the Jets defense is not terrible. And other than Jamar Chase and Mixon. I don't know, but no, I'm going to go. Everyone's Bengals. everyone's okay. gone for the Bengals. Everyone's gone for the Bengals. Yeah. Right, next up, come on, LA Rams at Houston Texans. Rams, Rams, Rams. Uh, not even. Hannah's gone for the Texans. Don't, don't. <laughs> she has. She's got a soft oh, spot for the Texans. <laughs> you never know. Any given Sunday, you never know. It's either genius or mad. Things it could do. be, yeah. Um, the New England Patriots are at the LA Chargers. Patriots, Chargers, Ooh. Chargers coming off a bye week. Yeah, get, good point. I'm going to go Chargers. Remember last time the Patriots went to the Chargers? No. 
Papa 50 burger. Yeah, but that was with a different it wasn't quarterback. Mac Jones, though, was it? It was a different <laughs> team. Even better quarterback then, obviously. <laughs> they, had a, they, had a, they had a better tight end then as well. <laughs> they got five more tight ends since then. Anyway. Not quality, not quantity. <laughs> anyway, right, so you've, gone for the, you've gone for the Chargers now, have you? Sticking with the yeah, Chargers. All right, I've West gone Patriots. Club. I switched my, my pick, actually, to the Patriots. Uh, Hannah's gone Chargers as well, so that's three against one. Jacksonville Jaguars at the Seattle Seahawks. Jag. God, that's a dreadful game. Mm. <laughs> it's the worst game I've ever seen. Jag. <laughs> uh, Jags at Seahawks. Seahawks. Okay, so we've got two going for the Jags. I'm going for them as well. Hannah's going for yeah. the Seahawks. Then we've got Washington was, at Denver. Sorry, Jim, going back to the uh, Jags-Seahawks game, was, yeah. did you have that in preseason, or is this one of the ones that you switched? I had that in preseason. That's brave. That is brave. I know. I know. I can see why your picks were so awry now, but continue. <laughs> Outrageous. <laughs> Washington uh, at Denver. Washington Donkeys. at Denver. Oh, yeah. yeah They're playing absolutely. at home. I want to go for Washington um, because, again, body language was terrible for the Broncos. Um, but I can't, in all honesty, do that. So I'm going to go Broncos. Punk? Yep, donkeys. You went for he the donkeys? Okay. Yeah, Myself and Hannah have gone for Washington, so we've got a 50-50 split there. Uh, then we've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New Orleans Saints. NFC South, Buc- divisional matchup. Buccaneers should, should yeah. win that fairly handily, I would have thought. Destruction. Well, that's weird, because I've gone for the Saints. So, again, oh. there's a 3-1 split there. Um, the Sunday night game is the Dallas Cowboys off their bye week. At the Minnesota Vikings, also for buy. Another sneaky good game for the week, this one. Um, I'm going Cowboys, even yeah. though it's at the Vikings. Agreed. So 50-50 split then, because myself and Hannah are gone for the Vikings. So. so one more game to go then, boys. The Monday night game is the New York Football Giants at the Kansas City Chiefs. Do you know what? If this was the Giants playing at home, I might just pick them. <laughs> Um, unfortunately, I can't, and I think this is a not a get right game, but a paper over the cracks and pretend we're still all right. Chiefs win, mm. yeah. I think the Chiefs do win this game. Um, I think it could, it could well be a big game for, um, for the Giants. Uh, <sighs> I'm trying to convince myself. I'm really, really trying to convince myself. You can't um, do it because they're playing away. Yeah, I think that's the problem. The thing is, at the moment, there's a 10-point spread. Um, just looked on Bet365. 10-point spread, and they'll give you evens. I am taking that 10-point spread. I really am. So Giants start with a 10-point head start? Yes, please. Thank you very much. Um, I really want to go for the Giants, but I just can't, Fred. Okay. So it's a clean sweep for the Chiefs uh, to finish out. The Las Vegas Raiders and the Baltimore Ravens are on their bye this week. So only Absolutely. two teams. Take up, chaps. Enjoy the, the rest. Yeah, we'll win that. <laughs> we always well, win the bye week. <laughs> you never lose. So that's that. That's uh, week seven reviewed, week eight picked. Um, is there anything we've missed out on this week, guys? 
Um, only the power play, um, which we haven't done, but the power play this week is the Jamar Chase um, dodging 26 tackles and getting the touchdown. That's the big power play of the week for me. And on the defensive side of the ball, I'm going with Max Crosby that I mentioned earlier. No. Then Troy Palamalu, when he's 275 pounds and six foot four, is just ridiculous athleticism. So I'm having that one. Nah, I don't think so. <laughs> it's his power plays. I'm not really worried. <laughs> I am going to go for Malik Reed uh, missing the tackle, um, going on the ground and then just laying there. Uh, so he missed the sack. Um, and then just laid there on the ground and looked at the quarterback as he uh, walked away ever so slowly and threw the ball when he could have got up and tackled him. That's uh, my power play of the week. So there you wow. Go. Yeah. Indeed. That doesn't sound very powerful to me, but uh, there we go. No. Well, it, it certainly, it certainly, had an Im- certainly had an impact on the game. Let's put it that way. <laughs> okay, so there's the pod. Uh, thanks so much, guys, for, for checking this out. Make sure you are following us on all the social media channels. Um, on Instagram as well. We're doing those watch-along things over the Sunday night. Um, and follow us on Patreon if you can, patreon.com slash final down. Uh, it means an awful lot if you can sign up to that. We're putting out new content all the time. So, yeah. It's and- cheap. It's cheap. It's it's less than a pint. It's l- probably a little bit more than a cup of coffee, but, you know, it's still cheap. So, you know. Not a decent cup of coffee. Well, depends how decent <laughs> you want to get, doesn't it? But- <laughs> Yeah, it's, de- it's definitely cheaper than a pint. So, mm. you know, I apart from for our northern listeners, in which case I had this conversation the other day and <laughs> they, were, they were a little bit shocked to discover the price Ooh. of a pint where we are. But this reminds me of something I wanted to tell you about. Um, I saw something on Twitter how much a round cost at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in the NFL. So, mm. a guy bought four beers and a hot dog. Guess how much it come to? So four normal well, four beers would be twenty eight quid, wouldn't it? Seven pound a pint. It's got to be thirty five, forty quid. Yeah, 35. Four normal pints of lager and a hot yeah. dog. I mean, yeah. it had onions and stuff on it. Fifty two pounds. Oh. <laughs> Marvelous. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't even fill the pint all the way to the top. Of course they didn't. <laughs> no. So yeah, it made me feel better about missing the game. Ah, stadium <laughs> prices. Gotta yeah. love them. It's not the same in America, though. When we went to watch the Broncos, it was good. It was good, decent value. I mean, the beer was shit. Falcons, but... Falcons is ridiculously cheap. Falcons Stadium. Yeah, yeah, they deliberately kept the prices of the all the concessions right down. It's like four dollars or something for a beer, and yeah, like I mean, the baseball fifty for a hot dog or something. The baseball's the same. I mean, I think we, I think I paid about twelve dollars for four beers when we went to the baseball. See, this is the stuff you miss on Patreon. This is the nonsense we talk on Patreon. <laughs> Consider that just like a little, sell. little, little a taster tangent, of, of what, what we do. <laughs> All right, guys. So until next week, I've been Jim. That's been Punk Raider. That's been Denver David. Thank you so much for listening.